It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hey now, everybody. Hey now. Uh, this is episode 15 of the Loaded Gloves Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Scott Jarvis, and joining me shortly is my co-host, uh, Victor Atkinson. Uh, he's been under the weather lately, so he's lagging a little bit behind, but he will be here uh, anytime, actually. Let me check the board. Okay, he's not here yet. Um, we have a bevy of uh, boxing news and reviews and previews to go over today. Um, I'll go ahead and get started without Victor while I wait for him. Um, but when he gets here, we'll get into uh, much more detail. Uh, I know there's a few things that he wanted to touch on as well. Um, just a quick note to our listeners. Um, the Loaded Gloves Boxing Podcast will not be airing next Sunday um, due to a death in my wife's family. Uh, I've got to pack up my six kids and my wife, uh, put them in our van, and drive four hours to Porterville uh, for her grandmother's funeral. So um, Victor and I may actually be able to do the show eh, Tuesday or Wednesday next week. Um but I won't be able to review Superfly the day after it happens, unfortunately. Um, so keep that information handy or don't forget. Uh, let me see. Okay, Victor's trying to join, and it says that it's not letting him. So hang on a second. All right. As soon as he gets here, we will get started. Let's see here. All right. Let's get Victor on the air. Okay. He needs an email to join, and I just sent that to him. So... Uh, let's go ahead and get started while I wait for Victor. Uh, last night, we had quite a bit of boxing action. Um, the first fight Victor and I are going to uh, review here is the fight that went down at the Manchester Arena over on the island, uh, and that was George Groves versus Chris Eubank Jr., uh, and that fight was actually a semifinal, the first semifinal bout uh, in the World Boxing Super Series Super Middleweight Tournament. Uh, now, George Groves won that fight, um, and he cruised to a pretty comfortable decision uh, over Chris Eubank Jr. Um, he is now the WBA and IBO super middleweight champion of the world. Um, I know a lot of people are probably going to jump my shit for recognizing the IBO, um, but I didn't want to omit that because that belt or that title does get thrown around much more than it used to. So, uh, yeah, those are the titles that uh, George Groves currently holds now. Um, and with this victory, he actually earns the right to advance to the tournament final against the winner of uh, Jurgen Brommer, I hope I'm saying that correctly, and uh, Callum Smith. Uh, now, I think Callum Smith will probably beat uh, Jurgen Brommer next week, um, but you never know. So, uh, actually, this is the point in the show where I usually ask Victor what he thought of the fight. Let's see. Hang on. Where is he? 
another email. <laughs> you may hear me typing to Victor. Okay. Um, let me go back to my news and notes here. Um, yeah, as I said, uh, George Groves advances to the tournament final and will fight face either Jurgen Brommer or Callum Smith, uh, and that fight will be determined next week. Um, now, this fight, uh, uh, I had actually picked Eubank Jr. to win by late stoppage, um, and it looked like my prediction might actually come true, even though I was disappointed in Eubank Jr.'s performance uh, leading up to the you know the final round where he had Groves in a bit of trouble. Um, but that said... Uh, this fight really showed us just how limited Chris Eubank Jr. is. Um, he's a very, very incomplete fighter. Uh, I don't think working with his father uh, does him too many favors. I think that he needs to branch out, so to speak. And uh, I'd like to see Eubank work with a world-class trainer over the next year or two and then uh, see what happens with his career You know, as he, as he hits his early 30s. Um, I think given his determination and his heart and his his willingness to try to make something happen or to try to make the fight uh i think ubeg jr could become a real serious player uh in any division that he inhibits or or competes in uh, but without a, again without a world-class trainer i don't see that happening uh let's see okay hang on victor's having some trouble getting on uh hmm let me see all right hang on victor i'll send you another one Okay, there's another one. <laughs> Sending Victor another invite, the co-host invite. Okay, sorry for the dead air here, guys. This happens on live radio. Try again. All right. So, uh, back to the Groves and Eubank Jr. fight, um, and specifically Eubank Jr.'s performance. Um yeah, I don't think he is going to do well at the, at the top levels of the sport. Um, I don't love, fortunately for Chris, uh, the 168 pound division is currently really kind of shallow uh, in the talent department. Um, not to say that any of these guys in the tournament are slouches because they're not, they're all good or decent fighters, um, but there's nobody on, operating on an elite level. Um in the super middleweight division, I was going to say the tournament, and that's certainly true, but I would go so far as to even say the division. Um, now I know that some people are probably going to be quick to point out uh, David Benavides to me, uh, and I'll talk about him a bit later in the show, uh, especially after Victor hops on or gets on the air. But, uh, yeah, with I think Eubank Jr. probably poses a problem and gives anyone in the division right now, including Benavides, something to think about or, or you know, um, something to kind of, uh, you know, mull over as maybe as a possible opponent, a name opponent. Uh, um, but I, I just, I don't see Eubank Jr. doing what he normally does to, uh, to his opponents against the, the top, you know, the upper echelon competitors of the sport. So, uh, let me check on Victor again. No, he's not there. Okay. Let's see what he says this time. Okay. Okay, let me get him another number. Yeah, let me get him the show's uh, regular number, the call-in number. Uh, if anybody wants to join us on the air today, uh, you can certainly do so uh, at 
383-0391. And you can talk to Victor and I about uh, this weekend's past action, next weekend's action, or really anything you want uh, related to boxing. Uh, Let me get him that number, and then uh, we'll move on until he gets here. Um, Now, as far as George Groves goes, um, oops. Okay, let me patch Victor in. He is on the board. You there, cool. Victor? What's up, man? What's up yes, dude? Finally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. That's all right. No worries. I was just kind of fudging my way through the beginning of the show. Um, I was talking about uh, the George Groves and Chris Eubank Jr. fight. Um, I've already uh, I've already told our listeners uh, who won and how they won and what's happening next. Um, but I was on the topic of Eubank Jr. Um, his lack of skill and uh, where he might go from here and how he ne- what he needs to do to improve. Uh, do you have any input on that? Mm-hmm. Well, so for you, Ben, for what he what does next, it's kind of weird to me because he's not a real super middleweight, honestly. I don't know right. if he can actually go back down to middleweight right now, though, without any, like, adverse reactions to it. Usually when you go back down in weight, your body just doesn't react well to it. Right. So I don't know if he needs more time to do that or if he can, like, jump into that immediately. But 160 is a lot tougher than 168 right now. <laughs> 168 has, like, three good fighters and the rest are just decent. 168... Right. Oh, sorry, 160. Eubank Jr. isn't even top five, so... No, I yeah, you know... 168 for right now? Yeah, I, I think that's a smart move. Uh, I mean, especially if you're, if you're Chris, you know, and, and wondering mm-hmm. what you're going to do next. Um, I was telling our listeners, too, that uh, Eubank Jr. really needs to work with a world-class trainer if he wants to be... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't think he'll ever be an elite fighter. I think even though he's only 27, I think, you know, elite fighters are, are, are built or put together when they're much, much younger. You know what I mean? Um, right. But I, I think he could be, you know, maybe, a, a you know, a, a, a titleist or, you know, like a, a mid-level titleist. I don't think he would ever be a, you know, a world champion, like on, on the, on par with like someone like a Gennady Golovkin or, or, you know what I mean, or anything like oh, that. Yeah. Um, and and that's another thing too that I, I I forgot to put in the show's notes that I sent you, uh, and that I'm looking at right now. But uh, can you imagine what would have happened after what we saw last night had Eubank Jr. actually gone forward with the fight against Gennady Golovkin? <laughs> oh man, Eubank would have gotten massacred. Like uh, I always yeah. told people, he would have gotten fucking massacred. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I picked, and I, I was talking about this too before you were able to get on the air. I picked Eubank to win by late stoppage. Um, I didn't, I didn't well, like a lot of people. I didn't overrate the guy. I knew what he was. Um, I mean, I've seen that for the past, what, one or two years. Every time he fights, yeah. you know, given who he's in against and what he's able to do, his competition, you know, has more to do with how he wins and the fact that he wins than his actual skill does, or his, or his ability, I should say. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think it was smart for Eubank Jr. to move up to 168. Um, and I think, given the Sharks that are, you know, circling circling that division, you know, down at 160. Yeah. Um, I agree with you, man. There, I mean, there's Eubank is in trouble at 168 against somebody like a Benavides or, 
You know, some somebody like that on that level, uh, he's already mm-hmm. in enough trouble. Dropping back down, dealing with, you know, taking the weight off and readjusting, and then having to deal with the likes of a Charlo or a Canelo or a Golovkin or even a yeah, or even a Danny Jacobs. I mean, Danny Jacobs, I right. think. Would, would eat you make alive, and I don't. I don't rate Danny that highly. So Dang, Danny uh, would fuck him up. It would be bad, yeah. man. Like the only I, I guy, think... the only uh, guy I can like kind of see him being at one sixty. That's kind of like a player there is Lemieux, and I think Lemieux knocks his ass out. So yeah, I really oh, don't no, see. No. But like he might be able to outbox him. But he gets knocked out. Yeah, no, I think. Well, I don't think Chris could outbox him. Chris's temperament and his style is to. Uh, you know, throw those yep, hail marys and come in, come in kind of like uh, Juan Diaz used to do down at lightweight, where he puts his head down and comes in like a bull. You know, um, mm-hmm. I just I, 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 Eubank's future is questionable for me, at least at the top levels of the sport. I'm sure he's not going anywhere, but I don't know how much longer like the charade or charade can like keep up. You know what I mean? Or the the ruse can can like keep the wool over everyone's eyes. I mean, most of us, guys like you and I, and the people we interact with on Twitter and, and most of the media understands that Chris Eubank is an okay fighter, you know what I mean? But he's very, very flawed, very, very incomplete, and he lacks, like, all the fundamentals you need to be a great or, like, elite-level fighter. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, I, I don't I don't know. I, I like Chris. I'm, I'm a fan of Chris's because I like guys that are aggressive like that. And he, you know, to Chris's credit, he tried from uh, what round six or seven on, he tried to to push the action and to make the fight, but he just, you know, I don't know how much of it was, and, and you can chime in with your thoughts in just a minute on this, I don't know how much of Chris's uh, tentativeness was due to his lack of ability and how much of that was George Groves just being the superior uh, boxer or technician in the ring. What do you think? Oh, yeah, a lot of that was actually Doris Groves because Eubank was trying to do that early on in the rounds, and he jumped in with the leaping left or right hook, which both right. are strange to do at that range, which shows his inexperience right there. And he got caught by a straight right, and then he does this weird thing when he gets caught by something where he just stops. Like, he doesn't, like, right. cover up. He doesn't backtrack. He doesn't even respond by punching you a lot of times. If he really gets hurt. He'll just stop immediately. And... <laughs> For then it's like he went, I guess, like two or three rounds without even trying to do that again, which, I mean, you shouldn't be doing that in the first place at that range, but you also should try to come in with a jab or do something other than what he was doing. He just didn't have an answer for it. Yeah, yeah. I kind of give, I I have to give credit to Groves for for obviously having the right game plan and and knowing his opponent, you know, and being being able to execute that game plan. Um, but I also yeah, have I mean, Paul, that's not Paul even Eubank. really a game plan, honestly. That's well, yeah, just him but, but, being the boxer. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, but he, but I think he clearly knew what he had in front of him, you know, in Eubank, and you know, he he did what he had to do to make that, you know, to shut Eubank down. I kind of thought there might be a problem uh, by, you know, round one was a feel out round. I always kind of look at the first round like that. But uh, in the, I remember in round two when we were watching. I, I remember thinking, well, yeah, this isn't the same Eubank. And usually when that happens, especially if it's a young guy, it's because he's taking a big step up in competition or, you know, there's something really wrong. And it, I mean, it was just, you know, he was just outgunned and outmatched. Um, 
But moving on to George Groves, I want to look at him for I want to talk about him for a minute and analyze his performance because um, I saw a lot of a lot of problems with George Groves last night. Um, he had a very limited guy in front of him, but he couldn't get out of the way uh, when Chris Eubank Jr. threw Hail Marys and Hail Marys. Yeah, I those, mean, if you're a, if, those if, empty if, yeah, shots. Yeah, if you're a good, very good, great or elite fighter, any you know, anywhere in that stratosphere, from the lower to the you know to the to the upper parts of that area, you know, area, you're going you're you're going to find a way to avoid those shots or shut them down. He couldn't, you know, not only did Groves allow them to keep coming, but he allowed them to find his face as well. So, I mean, what did you think of of uh, of, of Groves' performance? Both yeah, here's the thing with shots like that. Yeah, here's the thing with shots like that. If you're not paying attention, they can catch you. That should happen like maybe, I'll give you a pass like three times at the absolute most. That should not happen sure. like eight times throughout a match. <laughs> you should not get caught by the same dumb thing that he's doing that many times. Right. And also not punishing that dumb thing that he does. Because he wasn't punishing it as, enough as well as he should have. There were right, a couple of times early on, like I said, where he would like just catch you bank coming in, but there were other times where Eubank would just miss, and he didn't punish that. He caught him coming in. He didn't, like, make him pay for missing that type of thing, which is why it kept happening. Right. Now, and it's funny because I went back and looked at the Frosh knockout this morning when I was preparing for the show. It's the same mm-hmm. type of punch, that uh, the, same, the same shots that Eubank was landing on Groves last night, those Hail Marys, was the same kind of shot, or it, it landed, I should say, excuse me, it landed for the same reasons Frotch's knockout punch landed on Groves. He had his hands, like he had, I don't remember which hand it was, but one of his hands is down, and he does it all the time, and I found it in other fights, too. Groves consistently leaves mm-hmm. one of his hands down, and guys are either to, able to either come around his guard if it's up, or they just find that opening and they take advantage of it. Now, I think against... Uh, a more capable fighter, you know, even somebody like a David Benavides, who maybe not may not be an elite fighter, but somebody that's dangerous and that has a lot of pop and that's aggressive. I think George Groves would be mm-hmm. in a world of hurt, man, a big world of hurt. David Benavides is actually basically what Chris Eubank wants to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the style is kind of different, but as far as what they really want to do to their opponent, it's the same shit. Yeah, no, I agree. Groves. I was just going to put yeah. this out there right now. David Benavidez destroys Groves. Well, yeah, I, it's funny because Groves, obviously, and we saw it last night against a limited fighter in Eubank, doesn't like or seems to have problems with that kind of aggression. And now, Eubank's more of a, a, a an ambush fighter like Roy Jones or like a, a John Pascal where he kind of has these, or even David Hay, where he has the, you know, they have those long periods of inactivity, and then all of a sudden they explode on you. You know what I mean? Or they erupt. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas David Benavides is more of a constant pressure and, and like, kind of a high work And he's calm guy. in there, too. Yeah, yep, yeah. He's, he's very, bad, very and he's relaxed. also calm. Yes. Yeah, Chris Eubank was not calm. He was very tense oh. and very, very tentative last night. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a sign of age. Like when you haven't really been boxing that long, which is also impressive about David Benavides. We're going to talk about him later on, obviously. But man, sure. that guy to be what is it, twenty one? I want to say. Yeah, he's 21, only twenty one. Like 10, yeah, ten amateur fights. Like that. What you're like? This is what you are right now. 
I can't wait to see you right. in like three years' time, man. Right, right. Or even when he's pushing thirty, you know, when he's when he's right in the middle of his 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 prime or his peak. Um, now let mm-hmm. me ask you, Victor, what did you think of the actual fight itself, Eubanks versus Groves? Was it good? Was it great? Was it exciting? Was it a letdown? How do you feel? Oh, I enjoy that fight a whole lot, man. I mean, if it wasn't for the tournament, though, I wouldn't have rated it as highly as I do. But yep. the tournament itself just amplified it by 10. It just made everything just electric. Like, yep. if this matchup was just on paper, just Groves versus Eubank, I'd be like, okay, this is a okay title defense for Groves. But right. under these circumstances, this is a great fight. Right. No, I agree. It was. It There were some people I saw online that, that said they felt a little bit disappointed, but... Uh, I also saw people that that said it, you know, it was uh, not a lot, but a few people that said it, it you know, exceeded expectations, which I don't, which I definitely don't agree with. Um, I thought, like you, that it was a good fight, at least good, uh, might have been very good, but because of the tournament, because of what's on the line, because of what's coming next, you know, hopefully next, and we'll get to that later. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of additional weight or gravitas in, in this. You know, in this or there was in this fight. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and we watched it together. So, you know, we were both having a good time watching it. And I, I was never really on the edge of my seat until the final, you know, the final minute or so of the fight. But um, I, I thought, I thought Groves gave a decent account of himself. Uh, and Eubank, obviously, you know, he has the he has the the will and the heart of a warrior, but or a gladiator. But he just doesn't have the tools in the toolbox, man. So. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see where he goes next. I know he said uh, in the post-fight interview, Victor, that he wanted either either a rematch with Groves, which I think is ridiculous, or that he wanted uh, he was he's hoping that he can be included in the final if Groves is unable to compete because of the injury uh, that he sustained mm-hmm. last night. Uh, what 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 do you th- what do you think Chris does next? Okay, now about him participating in the final, I don't want to see that because I didn't have that as a close fight. You should not get rewarded for right. something like that, honestly. But Yeah, hey, the loser of the semifinal gets to fight in the final. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But they did say that they can't push the date of the finals back so Groves can't compete. Eubank is on, I think they said a short list of fighters that could participate in the final. I imagine it's Eubank Jr., um, maybe maybe Korobov, because I think he did apply to get in the tournament. I don't remember if they actually let him in or as an alternate or what. I don't know who the alternates mm-hmm. are for the super midweight tournament at all. Do you? No, 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 I do not. I actually have never bothered to look. Um, I have the, the alternates <laughs> for the cruiserweight tournament written down, but... We didn't yeah. we not need it, ever needing them or even come close to needing them, so I haven't looked at it. Right, since like I that's made the thing, it. man. <laughs> Same thing. I know the cruiserweight alternates. I don't know the super middleweight alternates, which is uh hate myself for yeah. that. Yeah, it's all, it's all, you know what? It, it something. This is related to something that happened to me, and I don't mean to digress, uh, but it is related to to what we're talking about here. This is uh, in relation to something that happened to me a few days ago with. Uh, one of the listeners of our show and, and somebody that, that follows follows or followed one or both of us on Twitter up until recently. Um, not every not every fight is interesting, even to someone like me who 
like lives and breathes the sport, you know what I mean, is an observer and a fan of boxing. Uh, not all fights are equal, not all fighters are equal, and not all fights and fighters or promotions or events deserve equal attention. Um, so, like, don't beat yourself up, Victor, for, for not knowing that. I have that stuff, like, written down. Uh, I didn't have the super middleweight uh, alternates written down anywhere, but like I said, I have a cruiserweight list, which I don't even remember what folder I put it into. Um, it was kind of a passing thought, and then, you know, as it turns out, like I said, we don't need it. Um, not being a but being a being a hardcore boxing guy or person, you know, I guess it doesn't really matter what sex you are, but being a hardcore boxing person doesn't mean that you have to love everything that these fucking promoters and these networks try to shove down our throat. Not everything is quality. Not everything is exciting. A lot of it's filler, and a lot of it sucks. Like especially the last decade, like ten to fifteen years, the sport has really like changed its modus operandi it's gone from it's never been a hey the best fight the best every week it's never ever been like that and it probably never will be but it's gone it's gotten to a point now where you know where not only has the pbc like done some egregiously bad things in terms of fighter activity matchmaking yada 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 list goes on but that that MO has bled over to other networks and to other promoters too. And fighters are, have become such divas in the sport that, you know, they're only willing to fight once or twice a fucking year. And so every fight they have is a comeback fight and it's a tune-up fight and it's a showcase mm-hmm. fight. Um, and that, that is in direct contrast to what these two tournaments represent and what they give us. Um, again, the super middleweight tournament isn't nearly as good or as exciting as the cruiserweight tournament. Um, but like like all fights in boxing, not everyone can be a winner. Not everyone's going to be great. Not everyone's going to get, you know, light a fire under ass or get us excited, you know. So, you know, don't, excuse me, don't beat yourself up, Victor, about, you know, not, not knowing everything about boxing. I know there's some people out there, uh, and he or she still may be listening, even though I told them they were really no longer welcome to, participate in the show that uh you know being a hardcore fan or observer of the sport or even working in the sport um uh, as I do pro bono <laughs> uh doesn't mean that you have to accept everything or that you have to know everything um I know I know the sport fairly well from the time I began watching it and and a few years before that because you know my my grandpa my dad and my my two uncles were really into the sport um but you know, before my time, I, the only shit I know is what I, you know, what I read about or what I see on YouTube. You know what I mean? And and a lot of that stuff, like, outside of, like, major historical events in the sport, Victor, like, not everything interests me. You know what I mean? I don't care about, you know, a lot of the things in the sport. And I don't think you have to, to really appreciate or, or love or, you know, be be emotional about, about the sport. So, um, yeah, so... Um, moving on, <laughs> um, there was actually some comments made by uh, Prince Nassim Hamed last night, um, and he uh-huh. where he spoke very plainly about Eubank Jr. and Groves. Uh, he criticized both guys and their apparent lack of ability. Um, I thought it was pretty fucking hilarious, Victor. Uh, did you happen to see those videos at all? I didn't, but he's not, <clears throat> I didn't, but he's not wrong about what he's saying. Oh no, I no, actually no. did. I did. But well, do, do uh, one you, thing I want to add about Eubank, though. Uh-huh, go ahead. 
you were mentioning that you don't think he's going to win his title or any point, but there's so many titles out there. I think he's going to be a transitory champion at some point. He's going to get a belt, maybe one that he okay. doesn't deserve, or may replace this. Maybe a belt he doesn't deserve to fight for, but he is going to win a belt at some point, likely at 168, like, since that's already a weaker division. And right. he's going to be there until some good fighter puts his ass down, you know? Right. No, I agree. I that I could definitely see a scenario like that playing out. Now, do you think it'll be you think it'll be something like a where he fights somebody for a vacant title, and and his opponent is all that great? <laughs> um, That's yeah, possible. I, vacant title or just someone yeah. that doesn't deserve to have a belt in the first place. I mean, like I said, there's four belts. There, it's a weak division. Not everybody there is going to deserve to have the title they have. But I could see him beating sure. someone. It's not like he's that bad. Yeah, no. So but you also, don't agree, you don't agree with the prince when he said that he that Eubank Jr. should hang him up and retire because he he couldn't be a guy that isn't that good anyways. <laughs> I mean, he's going to make money in the sport. He should keep boxing. People are always going to watch. Well, not always, but they're going to want to watch Chris Eubank. He's not someone that should retire at this stage. I mean, why retire? No, that guy's because only you're not going to be a fucking. Yeah, like retire because you're not going to be an all-time great. So like every yeah, fighter should yeah. retire except for like twenty of them right now. I'm not even yeah. twenty. Like what are we what are we doing here? There's no need to retire. Yeah, no. Well, yeah. Well, like I like we've talked about before on the show, and a lot of other people in the media uh, have have you know said many many times over. You know, most most of the fighters in the sport aren't elite or top level guys. They're journeymen. They're gatekeepers. They're titleists. And, you know, the Friday night fight fighter, you know, kind of guys, you know, the guys that, that give us most of our entertainment, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think Eubanks probably, he may be, end up being a gatekeeper. I, I kind of see him as that, uh, you know, yeah. when we look back at his career years down the road, but I think he'll be one that's of those guys. Thinking. Yeah. He'll be one of those gatekeepers. That's dangerous that he'll be the last one that you want to pick on. You know, if you have yeah, Eubanks he's like the, He's like the true gatekeeper, like what it really should mean. Right. Like beating him means that you're actually a good fighter. That's what he is to me. Right. He'll be the guy that, that uh, the, the the prospect champion, before he's a champion, uh, decides to pick off on his way up, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I definitely – I can definitely see that playing out like that. Um, now, what about Groves and, and uh, Hamed's comments, Nassim Hamed's comments – uh, do you think do you think he's he's right about Groves that Groves really isn't that good, or do you think he's kind of like downplaying it a bit? Groves also isn't that good right now, and Groves probably has two or three years left in the sport. I mean, he's only twenty nine, like you said, but he's twenty nine with a lot of mileage. I think yep. you said it best on one of your shows, or not one of your shows, but um, <laughs> we were talking last night when you were about <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where you're like, Groves is like a car that you've had for three years, but you've driven like across country on it three times yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, and I said you put two hundred thousand miles on it in the process. So yeah, exactly. yeah, I think I think that's definitely accurate. Um, I think I think I think uh, this is my early pick, and you, I want you to give our listeners your pick, uh, and uh, not official, but early. Uh, after I chime in, uh, I think Groves is going to drop a decision to Callum Smith in the final of this tournament, provided we actually get uh, George Groves in the final and he can heal. Um, and then I don't know what happens to Groves after this tournament uh, if he, if he does not win. Uh, now, what do you what do you how do you see that playing out 
in May or June or whatever. It's possible. It's, to happen. Mm-hmm. it's possible, man, if that fight happens. I mean, we need to see more of Callum Smith because I don't think any of us really know exactly how good he is. But that injury could play a huge factor in this fight. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That's also another toss-up to me, which is why I like the super middleweight tournament for the cruiserweight tournament. I mean, like, so far everything has gone the way it's supposed to go. Like, the higher-seeded fighter wins. That's true in both tournaments right now. But for the super middleweight one, there was always this feeling of, this guy can actually win this. Like, the underdog can actually right. win this, you know? Right. You know, and that's I agree with you, man. I, you, like, like you're pretty much parroting my sentiments about about the tournament and boxing itself. Because, I mean, while I do appreciate like elite level skill, you know what I mean, in operation in a fighter. Like for me, boxing mm-hmm. is is at its best uh, when the matchmaking gets it right. When you have, you know, two guys. It doesn't matter whether they're A level, B level, elite level, or they're horrible fighters. If they're evenly skilled or evenly matched, like, you can get a great fight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I, I like domination, too, but I like it when it's like Mike Tyson used to dominate, like Ray Leonard used to dominate. You know what I mean? Where the guy is just so good, he's on this, like, this other level, this ethereal level. Exactly. That, yeah, like that, domination in the sense that they could do that to anybody, right? Right. What I don't like is domination in mismatch, in a clear mismatch or in a clear showcase mm-hmm. fight, you know, or, or in, in in a succession of those types of fights, you know, and, and we'll get to more of that later. But yeah, man, I mean, this tournament, yeah, like definitely. last last night's fight, last night's fight was definitely not, you know, Usyk Dordikos or anything remotely approaching that. But uh, you know, it, it had me, especially at the end, it had me kind of biting my nails. And you and I were pretty excited watching it, and you know. I just these both tournaments just consistently deliver. Um, now the only thing I can see derailing this tournament um, would be George Groves' injury, the dislocated shoulders from from yeah. what I could gather online take anywhere from twelve to sixteen weeks just to heal. Now I don't know if you know you're able to train, you know, during those twelve to sixteen weeks, or how bad is his uh, injury uh, actually is. But, but usually that, uh, for a. Uh, uh-huh. Injuries like that, or like any injury, when you have something that like has to heal, the doctor doesn't actually let you train during that time, regardless yeah. of the injury. Like you could have like anything, and the doctor's like, okay, because what you're doing would make the injury worse. I'm not going to allow you to do. It. I mean, that's that's normal, but for a situation right. like this, it's like, uh, that means it's going to not be training for that whole time. Right. That he was going to have what? like fucking two week camp going into the fight. Yeah, yeah, and that—that's actually my my fear um, that that it's going to be too much for him to either either continue or that Sauerland won't want to wait. Um, I know that uh, Cal Sauerland. I think that's. I think yeah. I think that's his name. Is is it pronounced Cal or Cali? Cal Sauerland. I've been saying uh, Cal. I, yeah, I think it's Cal. I always I I can never pronounce his name correctly. Um, it might be but Kale. Cal. <laughs> Kale. Like yeah, it cool. might be. Yeah, you're right. I. Foreign names are really tough for me. Uh, but Sarlin said uh, recently that if Groves' injury is, injury is serious, that he may be out of the tournament completely, um, and that but that he didn't have a problem, you know, delaying the final a little bit. Um, now, eh, I don't know, man. I think it would be a really bad look for the tournament. It would for for him to to Nick's Groves uh, or to, or. 
you know, especially since Grove's the number one seeded fighter, that is even right. worse. Yeah, he's not the number. He's not an unseeded fighter. Well, oops, we, you know, what I mean, he's got to drop, got to drop out. You know what I mean? Oh, here comes so and so to replace him. You know, you're talking like you said. Imagine if this was Usyk, or if this was uh, Gasev having to drop out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, to kind of put it in perspective, I know people are going to. Well, it's only it's only. You know, it's only George Groves. It's only the super middleweight version of the World Boxing Super Series. Well, you know, we've all been following the storyline in, in all eight of these fighters. You know what I mean? And, and now we're here. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready to hit the final chapter. And, you know, the the, the, the the floor gets pulled out or the carpet gets pulled out from underneath you, so to speak. Um, I'm hoping that, that Sauerland, even if they have to wait until July or August, will you know, we'll say, hey, you know what? This tournament's been, you know, everybody loves this tournament. Uh, and this, you know, everybody's been good to us. We've given the fans what they wanted. We're going to push this back, and they're going to fight in the summertime or whatever it is. I hope that they wait. I hope because I want to see they're it play out properly. To. No, I, I, like I, I agree, don't. Victor. I don't think they I don't, I don't think, I don't even think there's an option for them, sadly. Yeah. I, like the way you're I'm, talking about it is not an option. Right, right. And, and I I'm, I tend to agree with that. But here's what really scares me. Uh, you know that George Groves went to the do- the hospital or the doctor last night or even this morning. Uh, and mm-hmm. the f- the fact that they didn't put it, I haven't seen anything in the news saying, oh, it just popped out or it's a small tear, something minor. You know what I mean? That takes a couple of weeks right. to heal. Scares me. Because usually the, the, when, they, when they, they'll put the information out there to, hey, Calm the fans, calm the networks. You know, everybody knows. Uh-huh. Hey, this is going forward. The fact that we haven't heard anything makes me think, oh shit! It's you know, there, uh, Kale or Cal or whatever his name is, Sarland is is you know, and everyone else involved with that tournament is trying to figure out what the fuck they're going to do because now they've been thrown for a loop. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're so that, that right now. Yeah, I think that's what's happening. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I'm I, I'm. You know, I'll have I'll have will, more to say on it. Uh huh. I will say this though: who, if we are right and there is like an alternate coming in, whoever that alternate is, has just won a lottery ticket. <laughs> How much money do you make for uh, winning the fucking finals? Isn't it like ten million or something like that? I think it's something like that. Yeah, but it's kind of, I you know I don't want to see a replacement. I, I got to harp on this for a second. Because, you, I mean, you and I have professed our, our admiration for these tournaments, like, repeatedly, both online and on the show. But, I mean, unless it's somebody like, unless they reach out to David Benavides, you know, who wasn't involved in the tournament at all, I, I, I'm not mm-hmm. interested in their alternates. You know what I mean? I want to see, right now, David Benavides is hot, is, is kind of a hot commodity because of what he's done, especially David last Benavides. night. You know what I mean? I don't even think he can be in because he no. broke his hand in his last fight. So oh, that's, that's right. I don't that's think he's right. an option. His left hand. Yeah, but like outside of somebody like that. I think his right hand is broken. His left hand is just yeah. His right hand is broken. His left hand is just fucked up. Just all yeah. cuts and scrapes and shit like that. The cuts and scrapes right. are really no big deal in like the grand scheme of things. But broken hand, that's going to take some time. So yeah, not an option there. Yeah, but like, and I yeah, I was aware of that. But it it's one of those things where it's if. I met David Benavides, or I referenced him because I wanted to, you know, point out the name. Oh, you meant like him? Yeah, you. yeah, somebody like that. I mean, it would be great to see yeah. David Benavides. <laughs> when you say like, I you mean like literally yeah, like yeah. him. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you and I were watching the same post fight when he pulled his, you know, his wraps cup cut off and <laughs> yeah. both hands, and I, thought, I saw that and I thought, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? 
So, but somebody like that, somebody that somebody that that maybe wasn't involved in the tournament, but that we go, this guy's gonna fight the winner of the tournament when the tournament's over. You know what I mean? Unless you pull somebody from another division, it's the problem with the Super yeah. Mario division right now. Unless you pull somebody from some other division, there is no one like that. I guess like Zordo is yeah. best. Who, that's not yeah. even well. I guess it's on the same level. Of that's that's but, like, why that's that's why I want them find a way. I want Sarlin to find a way to to postpone the final as long as possible so that that Groves can participate. To me, that's to me that's the only acceptable outcome. And I think I mean I, mm-hmm. I know that there'll be more tournaments and next year and the year after that and you know probably into the foreseeable future because these are so damn popular and they're so good for the sport. But this just I I just think it it's a bad it would be a really bad look and it'd be a hell of a you know one hell of a letdown for not only you know fans and but everyone else involved too. I mean it you know it's it's kind of like blue balls. You you work towards this this huge like you know. <laughs> erotic experience and then you're just cut off and then you know what I mean you're hurting the rest of the night it's kind of what it's like mm-hmm. to me you know what I mean it's like dude we've had all this build up build up build up and now you know what hey you may have to put your pants on and go home you know what I mean fuck you know what I mean it's like that so so hopefully you know his injury isn't too serious and hopefully it heals quickly or it's the type of injury that you know that will allow him to train while he heals um, but I guess we'll have to wait to see on that uh, now before we moved on to um, the next fight. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add to the? Uh, yeah, Eubank, Eubank actually, uh-huh. Eubank is not going to improve that much. He doesn't seem to have like the right <laughs> temperament for improving on a large level. You know, it's not going to be like a vast improvement because he doesn't seem to listen that much. Every time you hear him talk about his trainers, he's always like, he takes pride in not having trainers. Like, he doesn't want to have a good trainer. So his arrogance there is telling me that he's not really going to listen if he does have an A-level trainer anyway. So, like, his father, fucking great boxer, maybe not the most fundamental boxer. He did, well, most, he was pretty unorthodox. But he also knows the game. And if you're still boxing like that with someone like that, you you're just not going to get better, man. You're just not. Yeah. No, I agree. Now, real quick, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I wanted to get your thoughts. We didn't actually get to talk about it before the show. Um, what trainer would you like to see Eubank hook up with, and who do you think would be best for him and his style? Hmm. <laughs> oh, Ronnie Shields. Ron, you think Ronnie would be good for him? Yeah. Ronnie Shields would actually be a good fit for him. I mean, he's not going to listen to him that much. So, like, it's a moot point. It doesn't matter who he's with because you're not going to right. see him any improvements. But Ronnie Shields... Wait, which one trains Jamal Charlo right now? That's Ronnie Shields still? Uh, I think it's Shields, yeah. I think. I, I didn't... Okay. I, I know... Look it up. I know one of them changed trainers. And I don't remember if they changed... They went to Ronnie Shields. Fuck. See, this is the problem <laughs> with twins. I never get these things right anymore. <laughs> I think yeah. it's well, you know what? I was gonna look that look that up while I chime in on this. Um, yeah, I I was actually going to, and I thought about this last night. I gave it some thought uh, while I was falling asleep. I, I in terms of, of 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 style and like how he's aggressive. He's Eubanks, an offensive minded fighter. Somebody like a like a Freddie Roach or an Abel Sanchez would be great. But I think. 
Freddie would get tired of his bullshit, and I don't think Abel would tolerate it at all because, I mean, Abel threw uh, uh, Kovalev out, you know what I mean, and said, hey, you're going to be champion, but not not why you're uh-huh. here or working with me or whatever you know it was he said. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. It doesn't really matter who he hooks up with until Chris says, hey, you know what? I'm not God's gift to boxing, you know what I mean? And I, 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 I'm not that good. I need, I need improvements. I've got holes in my game. Like, and I need to listen to people who know better than I do or have more experience than I do. I, I don't see a trainer being much, much help. Um, I think the, the problem lies with, with Chris more than, okay. than the, tra- the training. Uh huh. Derek James is who I'm thinking of. Derek James trains okay. Jamal Charlo. Ronnie Shields is the one still training Jamal Charlo. I'm going to forget okay. this by the end of the show, but for <laughs> listeners, that's who I meant, Derek James. Oh, okay, okay. He also yeah, trains Errol Spence, by the way. Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay, I thought Spence was someone else. Okay. Well, let's do this because we spent a great deal of time on this, and I know the, that the fight and the tournament warrant that, but it's, it's been like 45 minutes um, on the yeah. one fight. So uh, let's move over to the Showtime card, Victor. Um, the uh, headlining card last night over there um, was Danny Garcia versus Brandon Rios. Uh, and this was an all-PBC card as per the usual over on Showtime. Fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> We have a lot to say. This might take up another forty-five minutes. Um, now, before we get into the fight, I'm not going to spend him... that much time. I mean, like you can okay. you can rant on yeah. this for a while, but I'm I'm not going to say that much shit about yeah. this fight. No. Yeah. No. Well, uh, just for our listeners, Dan- Danny Garcia actually uh, knocked Brandon Rios out in the seventh round, at, uh, two minutes and twenty-five seconds of round nine. Sorry. Not seven. It was, it was, it was, it was uh, nine rounds. Because I remember thinking that it took yeah. him more than twice as long as I thought it was supposed to. I thought it was going to finish him in four rounds, but okay. Much All earlier. Right. Yeah. yeah well, and, and before we get too into this fight or we move on past it and into anything else, I have to give you credit, Victor. And I know I, you, you're going to know what I'm saying because we talked about this last night <laughs> after the third, every, third fight we watched. Every time I've watched a fight with you and you say, and you don't do it every fight, but when you say, there's a knockout coming, or this is going to happen, or this is that's going to happen. It fucking Dude, happens. yeah. Like, I don't just predict things. Like, but I don't predict the result. I predict the exchanges in the round. No, no, yeah, I, I mean, as, as an observer of 33-plus of years, like, I see, even though I've never boxed a day in my life, you know, I see holes in people's games, both offensively and defensively, because you see the same stories play out in the sport. You know, month after month, mm-hmm. year after year, and decade after decade. So I'm familiar with you know what guys should and shouldn't be doing in there. And I see when somebody's keeping their hands low, or their legs are funny, or they've got bad balance, or they pull straight back, you know, stuff like that. But you you have actual boxing experience. You've been in the ring. You've been in the gym doing that thing. So it's 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 kind of it's fun to watch the fights with you. Not only because it's fun to do it with someone you work with, but you have that that insight that that I will never have, or probably will never have. Um, and every time you say he's going to get knocked out, he's going to get knocked down. This is going to happen by round six, round seven. It happens every fucking time, dude. You have been like the Nostradamus of like boxing the last few months that we've been watching these fights together. It's been like amazing in, in a funny and a really cool way. So like, congratulations on that, man. Like. You, I, I know early on in the, in the Rios Garcia fight, you said that uh, you didn't actually. It wasn't in the first couple of rounds. It was, I think, round three or four. 
uh, when when Garcia started to really catch Rios or was starting to kind of put his foot on the gas a little bit and find his mark, you, I remember uh, one shot hit Rios where he, Rios kind of shook his head, you know, and then tried to pretend he, it didn't hurt. And you, yeah, I mean, all I heard from you was, mm-hmm, here it comes, here it comes, mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I said, what? And you said, oh, he's going to knock Rios out. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. And then it, obviously, it did in the ninth round. Um, now, what did, what did you make, man, of, of the fight itself? And was it a good fight? Was it just garbage? I mean, what are your thoughts? The fight itself is fucking retarded. You're going to bring Brandon Rios back to fight Danny Garcia. Like, okay, like you said earlier, there is really no need, well, not no need for a tune-up, but if you're fighting once or twice a year, I don't want to see you in a fucking tune-up. I don't see you often exactly. enough as it is. I don't want a throwaway fight from you. You Okay, and also, here's the thing with tune-ups. Tune-ups, shaking off ring rust, that shit really only works if you're fighting again in, like, the next six months. Because after that period, like, your reflexes, they kind of, like, your in-ring reflexes. I mean, you're still sparring and shit, but that's different. They kind of, like, stole yeah. after that time frame sure. anyway. So if you're not back in there, there's no fucking point to a tune-up. There is no point whatsoever. You don't need right. one if you're just fighting that infrequently. Right. But the PBC being what it is and their track record and all of its fighters track records, I mean, this is what this is what this 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 I guess I could call it a league or, or you know, it's kind of its own little bubble universe. It it produces shit. You know what I mean? You're and you're absolutely right, Victor fighting once or twice a year. You know what I mean? That's something that Canelo does, or that Golovkin does, or that Joshua does. And as much as I hate part-time fighters, and as much as I, you know, it, it frustrates me when these the, the, the sports elite talent, you know, only only you know fights biannually or or fight excuse me mm-hmm. fights twice a year. It, 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 I get it. There's money. There's promotion involved. There's all this hype that they have to build up. There's all of the politics to work out. I get it. I don't like it. I'll never like it. But I get it. When you're a Danny Garcia, when you're a Brandon Rios, when you're a Keith Thurman, guys in your fucking prime, you aren't draws. You you couldn't sell out a fucking arena, you know, when it's pay, you can't do it. You can't do it when it's, when it's well, papered. That's not true. Danny Garcia, Danny Garcia sells a whole fucking lot. I don't really know why, but, but no, I mean, I mean PBC fighters in general. Yeah, PBC fighters uh, yeah. or shows in general, they're papered. Most of the time they're papered, and they still don't have the thing sold out. So mm-hmm. why are you fighting twice a year? I, I wonder doesn't... why, too. Yeah. I wonder yeah. why they're not selling that well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's funny because especially uh, the Danny Garcias, Brandon Rios not so much because he's like he's always kind of been a uh, a glorified club fighter in my opinion, but I like Rios. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Rios a whole lot. It's going to sound like I dislike the guy or like I'm not a fan of his. I'm a huge Brandon Rios fan. I hate this fucking fight. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, but it's worthless, man. I mean, uh, going into this fight or prior to it, Danny, Danny Garcia had been inactive for 11 months, Victor. And then Brandon Rios Mm -hmm. had not fought since uh, losing in June of 2017. So it's, it's no, no, no. He he fought. Um, no, who was it? What? Oh, did I get that wrong? Did he win? Yeah, you did. did. He, win? he, yeah, he won against. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. I fucked up on the notes. That's all. And oh. that see, that's the thing. When you when you're that inactive, a guy like me that watches and talks the sport seven days a week, three hundred and sixty six days a year, 
I can't keep track. Even when I have BoxRec open and I'm making notes for a show, I get lost. Brandon Rios gets lost in the mix. His career is like a fucking blur. You know what I mean? He's a he's a he's a C plus level guy or was at his best. Now he's maybe C minus D plus level guy. You know he's a, he's a fucking heavy bag with legs and feet. You know what I mean? I can't remember whether he won his last fight or lost it because it's been so long and he's so insignificant and he's so underpromoted. I mean, how am I supposed to follow this or care? Why should I care? You know what I mean? Well, you could, like you said, there are some fights that are good just because they don't have them with, like, elite fighters. Like, Brandon Rios could fight Victor Ortiz, and that'd be a great fucking fight, and I would love to see it. Like, you had all of the fucking tools right there. You could have made me care about this. You could have had Danny Garcia versus, uh, well, Lamont Peterson, I don't know why I almost said that. Danny Garcia yeah. versus Sean Porter as the main event. Sure. And had Victor Ortiz versus Brandon Rios as the undercard. That would have worked out fine. I would have been happy with that. No, but, I agree. I agree. Well, happened. And then the WWE shit they pulled in the, um, <laughs> in the post-fight thing. Right. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's funny. I, you know, it, even though I don't, I haven't watched the WWE since the Attitude Area way back in the '90s, which you were probably mm-hmm. too young to remember or appreciate. No, no, I like, was there. I was there. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> but I, I was yeah, already well period. into my. I was I was into my late mid and late twenties during that period. But uh, <laughs> so you were just a little guy. But um, I, I I can appreciate the showmanship. The hype, you know, the the the, the animosity, you know, even when it's staged, the animosity and you know all all that shit. That's that's fun. But when you watch the, when you watch professional wrestling, you know what you're getting. You know it's a setup. You know it's a soap opera. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, now I know that's the case with boxing sometimes, but like here's a good example of boxing doing it right. When when uh, Canelo called Golovkin into the ring, you are next, my friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm terrible at impressions. Yeah, because like we were all like, "Oh my God, it's finally happening!" Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if, if there wasn't, I mean, if two guys hate each other, like, like I remember going back to Hagler and Hearns and the the lead up to that fight, and those guys shit talking, mm-hmm. they couldn't stand it. That was fucking awesome. And every time Mike Tyson got pissed off and threatened to eat somebody's kids or like rip their brains mm-hmm. out and barbecue them, I fucking love that when it's you know realistic or when it's when it's when it's done right. Like, and, and Golovkin and Canelo is, like, the most recent examples of, of boxing doing the WWE thing correctly. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't stupid. Like, that time uh, Stevenson jumped into the ring after Ko- Kovalev's fight and was like, I'm the real champ. Hold nothing. me back. Hold me. Hold me. It's like, get the fuck out of here with that. You know what I mean? It's just, and, and mm-hmm. last night, when watching that, like, it, when you, oh, even before you said that, I, I, I was embarrassed. Like as a fight mm-hmm. fan, as somebody who loves boxing, you know, I was like, "What is who this?" The and then hell? you chimed in. Mm-hmm. Who you the know, hell no, asked uh, anybody to hold them back anyway? Like, what the fuck, man? Somebody, somebody that's full of shit and trying and trying to make exactly something that is the only time a person wants that to happen. If you're asking somebody to hold you back, you don't actually want to fight that person at all. Right? That's yeah, like you're, you're, you want to make it look like you want to fight them. Well, what was it? There was a. There was a. The, somebody took a screenshot of Porter and uh, 
and Garcia, uh, you know, face-to-face in the ring while they were mouthing off to each other. And it is when two guys, uh, what two guys will do to avoid uh, Earl Spence. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, yeah, they mentioned, everybody called everybody out last night. Everybody mentioned everybody's name. But the the one name that I didn't hear come up was Errol Spence Jr. I didn't hear it one fucking time. At the same time, time, though, you know it's some fucking Al Heyman shit anyway, though. These guys aren't well, really in yeah, control yeah. of who they fight. So it, they probably can't call him out if they even wanted to. Because, honestly, to me, Sean Porter isn't a guy ducks fight. It kind of seems like that now, like, oh, he wants to fight Thurman. But I don't think he's so hell-bent on Thurman that he is going to just, like, I never want to fight Spence. He doesn't seem like that much of a coward to me. So I'm thinking this is really just, he can't call him out. Like, everything they do is scripted, everything. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know I've seen the contracts that that Heyman makes those guys sign. They are slaves, man. So you can't say anything about me. Until the year 10,000, you know, and shit like that, you know, shit way over the top that, that should be totally exactly. illegal. Way over the top. Like, how yeah. the fuck did you even get this made? You know, you have to thank me for everything. You can't talk bad about me if you leave, and you can't leave. Otherwise, we decapitate you. Like, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm using hyperbole to make a point here, but, you know. I it, mean, it's, it's like, barely hyperbole. That's, that's the only thing that's, that's different a is thing. a fucking decapitation. It's not decapitation. It is bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah, or well, well, career decapitation. Like I'm sure that yeah. Heyman, Heyman has legal right, but because of what's written in those contracts, to shut a fighter down completely and probably take exactly. everything they've ever earned away. You know, yeah, which, like, which you didn't make which, that wasn't yeah, hyperbole. Which, you just skipped a word. You just skipped career. Yeah, That's all you yeah, did. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was I was exaggerating, you know, or, or embellishing to make the you know to make the point a little more poignant, um, uh, because if I don't do that, then people think I'm just hating on the PBC for no reason or Al Heyman for no reason. Um, but you know, I don't. I, I hate. I hate calling out bullshit I, is not hating, man. I, I hate I that line of I, thought. They're like, yeah, oh no, no, you're critical of something. Yeah, critical examination or critical thought, and and, and calling a spade a spade, you know, telling it like it is. When, when the facts and the evidence are on your side, is not negative. It's not hating. It's being mm-hmm. honest. It's being critical. It's 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 you know using your brain to say, hey, no 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 no, look over here. You know the evidence says it's what we're supposed this. to do on this fucking platform anyway. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and you know what? Somebody somebody going back to what I said earlier, and I'll, I won't rant uh, on it at all again. But one of the pro- one of the uh, I had a problem with that. Uh, I mentioned that listener that I had a problem with earlier in the show. Now, he had accused me because I didn't want oh, – I, I openly stated and proudly stated that I didn't have any interest in the Ray Beltran fight because I don't have much interest there, in though, Ray man. Beltran. That, oh, no, and you know what? That fight. happens you sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I did that with – dude, I was, I'm the biggest Mike Tyson fan on the planet, and I always have been since 86. Mm-hmm. And there were so many – because he was so dominant, there were times – and this is in the days before DVRs – and VCRs were really expensive too, so you know, Ooh. you know, I didn't always, I didn't always stay home to watch Mike Tyson fight, even when I had access to the fight. I, I would tell my dad, oh, "I'm going to go, I'm going upstairs to play Nintendo. I'm going to go hang out with so and so, or hey, let's go out to dinner, Dad. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we know how this is going to end, type of thing. You know what I mean? It, you, you, when the scenario becomes so predictable, it's it's one of those things where you're like, me. eh. And with Ray Beltran, don't tell me. Are you going what? to say that you missed the Buster Douglas fight? Is that what you're going to say? I, 
Oh, oh, I've said that many times. I, I did not see it live. I went to, I was, I, was 15, I was either 15 or 16 years old. I don't remember what part of the year it happened in. I was either 15 or 16. I was 16, excuse me. I had in front of me. I was 16 when that went down. Um, and I, oh, I'm sorry, 17. And I was with my grandparents. They, they, they were like, they were like, hey, you got to come to this. I was living with them in high school, and uh, they said, mm-hmm. they said, you got to come with us. We're driving out of town to go to this car show, and blah blah. We need your help. We'll pay you. So I said, hey, great, okay, cool. And I'll have money for whatever. So I went, did that thing, and all of a sudden, like everybody goes from talking about the classic car. We're at a classic car show. Everyone stops talking about cars and says. Mike, I, all I hear is, oh, my God, Mike Tyson's been knocked out. Mike Tyson, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't because, you know, I was a, I was a fanboy at the time. I wasn't just a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like this, and I was impressionable. I was young. I thought, this, this motherfucker's invincible. Nobody can touch this guy. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was so sad and so let down. Like, when I, when I uh, saw, I, the news didn't have fight clips, but when I saw it being reported on TV later that night at, back at the hotel, I remember thinking, this can't fucking be happening. This can't be real. You know, I but I didn't miss the fight on purpose. To get back to the point, it was just one of those things where I was underage, and my grandparents, who were mm-hmm. my guardians at the time, were like, "Hey, you got to come with us, and hey, we'll pay you for your time." So it was like, "Yeah, Tyson's probably gonna win." You know, the, he was a huge, you know, Douglas was a huge underdog. So you know, it was like one of those things. Well, I'll, you know, I'll watch it later. I'll record it and watch it later. And I didn't actually see the fight for about a week after, until uh, about a week after it happened. Um, and when I watched it, I couldn't believe it. And then after that, I. I went through the thing where I'm never missing a fight again, you know, and I went, I was like that for years, but, you know, like with somebody like <laughs> Ray. That was your life-changing to, moment. Yeah, yeah. To, well, to get back to the point so that we don't go off on too much of a tangent, um, because I, uh, you yeah. know, I, could, I, I could do a week's worth of shows just about Mike Tyson alone and tell boxing <laughs> stories from, like, days gone by. But, like. Hey, one day we're going to have a slow work week, and we can do that, actually. Yeah, no, that's actually a good idea. Uh, you can you can hear me turn into a fanboy rather than a than a than a show host and I'll go nuts. But uh, anyway, with a fighter like Ray Beltran, Victor, like I like Ray. Ray's cool. He seems like a cool guy. Um, but he has a questionable past. In the Great sport. story he's been too. Busted. Yeah, yeah. But he's but he's been busted a couple times for performance enhancing uh, substances. Um, he was uh-huh. you know he's mostly known as a sparring partner for Pacquiao, and it's like he's an older guy. He's got this late career resurgence going on. I just didn't have a lot of interest in the fight. It doesn't mean that I, I you know, one of the, 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 the problem that this listener had with me was, you know, you, you have this Twitter account, you have a Facebook, you have a website, blah, 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 blah. You have all these things, you have a show and you're a, you're, you just said you're a contradiction. And I told him why, because I don't want to watch and cover that fight. You know, one, number one, I own Split D Boxing. You know what I mean? You're the only other person that's involved with Split D. And even though I, you know, I run things by you when, as it pertains to the show and we discuss things, I mean, you don't, you, you don't really, you don't make any business decisions for the network. You know what I mean? So it's, I told this person, look, I don't, ha- I can cover what fights I want and what fights I don't. Now in this case. It turns out, you know, I, I this was a fight I should have stayed home and watched, you know, or I would have enjoyed it. But, um, you know, based on what I saw in, in the in the uh, the highlights that I watched Wait a this minute. morning. So you didn't see the um, I can't say his name, the Meme Machine fight, or did you see that one? Uh, I saw highlights. I just saw highlights. I didn't ah. have time. Time. Six kids in in a business don't leave me. Yeah. Always leave me with enough time. Even when I tell my wife, hey, I need four hours of prep time for the show. 
sometimes it's like, well, I can only give you two or, hey, this client's calling and we need to do this, this, and this, this. This kid's mm-hmm. sick. You got to take care of this one. It, you know how, I mean, you can probably figure out how it, you know, rolls. Yeah. Most of the time. Most of the time. I actually have no idea how you manage to do anything at all, man. You, you know, you know, a lot of people say that because I'm also a musician and I'm also like mm-hmm. a huge video game nerd. I'm a movie buff. Like I'm just this total like huge old dork. You know what I mean? <laughs> so everything I'm into, like I'm really into, you know what I mean? It's not like a, it's not like a passing interest. It's like a full on passion that I pursue. But like I tell everybody when they go, Oh, you're a musician and you have this, Oh, you own a business and you, how do you do all this? How do you, with all these other things going on, I have a really good wife that like supports me in everything I do, whether or not it makes money or it takes up time. Um, like she encourages me to do these things. Even sometimes when I go, no, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to let you have the day off and I'm going to take all six kids to the park or we're going to go do something else and leave you home alone so you can sleep. You know what I mean? She's always pushing and it's been that way. That's why I married her because it was that way when we were, when we were friends, even before we hooked up and started dating, it was, no, you should do this. You should, you should be, you should pursue this. This is what makes you happy. This is what makes your, you know, get your blood pumping. So I have that and the fact that I own my own business. Like, or my wife does, it's really her business, but that I work with her in that business. Like we set our own hours. Sometimes we take Thursday and Friday off and then we work Sunday, you know, or sometimes we do all of our work in two weeks and we take a month off. Most of the time it's, it's, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work all day. You watch the kids and then we reverse the roles the next day, but she always makes time. And I always make time to make sure that we both get to do the things we love. So that, that's how it happens. It, because those things are, you know, I mean, I, a lot of people have relationships where it's like, I have a lot of, well, I used to have a lot of friends that got married and, or were married and their wives were just like, oh, you can't watch boxing. Uh, he, or, and then I would say, hey, come over for the fight. And their wives would jump, jump down my throat. Like, and I was friends with their wives too. Like, and, and they'd be like, you don't understand. He has a kid now and he has blah, blah, blah. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's seven o'clock at night on the Saturday. Your baby's asleep. You're busy reading or sewing or doing whatever you're doing, and and I, not to sound sexist, that's just I'm thinking of one one woman specifically and, and her husband, and it was like who when she jumped my shit, it was like you're not paying attention to your husband. Let him go do what he wants. You know what I mean? Or oh, you can't play in that. He can't play in the band with you because he's married. And it's like I still get that now. Well, I have two kids. I don't have time. I, fucker, I got six kids and I got two businesses and I got a boxing network that's just starting. Like, I have time for these things. How do you not? You know what I mean? I don't understand that. You know, like, my hands are tied most of the time, but I can't just get up and, you know, hey, I'm going to the gym anytime I want or, you know, I, I usually have to clear it, you know, make sure the kids don't need anything or my wife doesn't need anything or the business doesn't need anything. But, like, if you love something, you, you make time for it. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, but I also think you're some kind of time wizard, man. <laughs> no, no, that's the other thing. I'm, I'm infamously. If you knew me like personally, Victor, and we had spent any mm-hmm. kind of time together as friends, you would you would know that I'm infamously horrible at math. Like my GED scores, <laughs> all say ninety-eight or ninety-nine percent, and then at the bottom mm-hmm. there's this word that says M A T H, and it says forty-two percent, which is a D minus 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 minus. So, like, dude, if I didn't have a fucking phone in my pocket or if I wasn't sitting in front of a, a, a desktop or a laptop, like, every day, all, you know, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, I'd be fucking lost, dude. 
I, 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 I can bear, I can do basic math and that's it. Everything else is calculated for me. I, I stay away from that. So I know I, there's no time wizardry or number numbers wizardry going on. I just, I have the right, I have the right components in my life. I have good kids and a really awesome wife that, that doesn't like, you know, go, go mow the lawn, go do that, you know, I'll do, do more work. It's, and then she's like, oh, you're fucking, you're fucking, you work all the time. Go, go have fun, go play. You know what I mean? So it's 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 time management. Like I will, you work in customer service, correct? Mm-hmm. And and I've man, I worked in customer service, and I was uh, the executor of executor, excuse me, the uh, executive uh, manager of uh, a call a tech call center at one point, um, long long ago. So like, I know how that rolls, and you learn. You know, it's a busy because you're. You're doing emails and you're doing phone calls and you're dealing with coworkers and your boss and everything else happening in the office all at the same time. So you really learn how to kind of juggle and multitask. And then, I mean, I, you know, I've just learned to do that over the years. Kids have never gotten in the way of anything or neither. Has, I, I wouldn't be with my wife if she was the kind of wife some of my ex-friends have. So that just that shit wouldn't fly with. I told her when we when we first got together, or before we got together, when she expressed interest, I said, "Look, there's three things that are never going to go away and that are never going to stop until I take my last breath." And I said, "It's boxing, it's music, and it's video games." I said, "Now I have other interests outside of those things, but they're all like tertiary. They're you know they're 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 they're, not, they're way down below secondary." So you know, and she said, "Okay, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that." And so we've been golden ever since. Like it's never been a problem. Like, you know, now if now to be fair, Victor, if I had if all six of my kids were were little, like the 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 bottom three are, then there's no way I could fucking do it. Because mm. like like infants and toddlers mixed together, oh my god, it's it's a fucking nightmare. Or it can be. It's usually okay, but it it can be a fucking nightmare when there's something when something goes wrong. But yeah, <laughs> that's that's that. I guess I don't want to bore anybody with the the mundane details of, of my life, <laughs> but <laughs> which I've already, I, I say that after I've done it. Um, but, uh, yeah, great, sorry man. about that. Uh, I could do, I could do a whole show just on that because I, you're not the only one that says stuff like that or asks, how do you do it? Everyone at the gym does that. Everyone, you know, all my clients do that. It's just like, eh, it's, it's not as hard as you think. You just prioritize, you know, some people don't understand that. Some people don't agree with it. You know, some people get on my case or they get on my wife's case. Oh, you shouldn't let him or her do, you know, fuck off. You know what I mean? Go, go live your boring life, you know, go to work, go to sleep and don't talk to your spouse or see your friends. That's not my problem. So, uh, but let's, let's, let's jump back into the, the Rios Garcia conversation for just another minute or two. Um, we didn't really break uh, down the I fight. Was hoping, I, I was yeah. hoping I distracted you enough that we were going to skip yeah. <laughs> fuck with you. No, no, that, that won't happen. That won't happen. I don't want to spend too much time on it. I just wanted to get your thoughts uh, on, on the performance of both guys, and then we can move on. I thought, given what Rios was in, or what we knew mm-hmm. he was going to be in the fight and what, it, what he really was, um, I was – Actually, a little bit disappointed that Garcia didn't get him out of there earlier, like you said. Um, I thought Danny uh-huh. looked really flat and slow and and kind of mediocre. Now, now is now am I being overly critical, Victor, of, of Garcia, or is this just par for for the Danny Garcia course? Is he just a mediocre fighter? No, nah, Danny Garcia has been overrated for a while. Like this is okay. So based on the level that Danny Garcia is actually supposed to be at, 
this is a bad performance. Based on who Danny Garcia actually is, this is what is supposed to happen. Well, not even what's supposed to happen because Brandon Rios is, this is like a shop-worn, inactive, <laughs> well. At least. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's still a bad performance for Danny Garcia. Even for who he is, this is a bad performance for him. Yeah, I agree. Now, what I wanted to ask you was, uh, my point behind this, this line of questioning was, how much of that was is due to uh, you know the long layoff uh, that that Garcia had, and how much of, uh, of that is is uh, you know due to the fact that he's just a, a, an okay or mediocre guy in the ring. When you always fight once or twice a year, I'm not going to talk about ring rust because right. I mean, what am I supposed to be comparing this to? You were never fresh to begin with. Like this is what you do, so this isn't you're anything you're not McGee. used to. So, yeah. yeah, so this – I don't attribute it to ring rust. This is just who he is. <laughs> Brandon Rios, yeah. though, actually did look better than I thought he would, which also has to do with how bad Garcia looked, yeah. honestly. But Rios, now, he gave a solid account of himself, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I'm not going to piss all over the fight in terms of its entertainment value. I actually enjoyed it. It was okay. Um I, and I know we kind of had fun watching it, um, but the thing that really gets under my skin regarding this fight, Victor, is the fact that it's it was more or less designed to be an infomercial for Danny Garcia so that he looked good uh-huh. and would allow Showtime, PBC, slash Al Heyman. Oh, yeah. One thing, Alexander. one thing I did. Uh, <laughs> one thing I did want to say, though. Dude, you should not do that for a fight against a guy where one guy has a decent amount of power, like Danny Garcia, and a guy that is known for being able to take a lot of punishment, like Brandon Rios. That's actually very fucking dangerous because yeah. you could really have Brandon Rios fucking have brain damage for something like this. I mean, yeah, no, he's, you're a tough, right. he's a warrior. He's not just going to lie down for anybody. He's tough enough to usually stand up to those shots, but it still can cut some force. And Danny Garcia, although we do like shit on him all the time, he does have a decent amount of pop to himself. But a lot of yeah. times it's not like enough to like instantly put you out. I mean, these are welterweights. They're not really supposed to do that. So what's going right. to happen is going to keep pounding him and pounding him and pounding him and bashing his brains in. And Brandon Rios honestly already sounds like he's been concussed a few times. Yes. Yeah, well, he was he was he was slurring his speech in the post uh, fight interview with uh, with Jim Gray. Badly, yes, yes, badly, yes. And so it's it's one of those things where, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't know to kind of move this conversation forward a little bit so we can move on to the rest of the stuff. I I I, I hope I hope to God just for the sake of his family and himself that Brandon Rios just fucking retires. I mean, he's done. He's not a. T- he was never a top fighter to begin with. Yeah, I know he held the title at one point. Big fucking deal. Everybody and their mother holds the title these days. Everybody calls themselves champion. But you know, uh, I mean, Brandon Rios, uh, outside of maybe one last hurrah against Victor Ortiz, like you said, and I think that's a really good fight. Um, just because of the you know both guys' temperaments and where they're at in their careers. Uh, mm-hmm. He serves no purpose in the sport, and the only thing that, that that's going to happen is he, he's going to end up you know, with brain damage or, or worse, you know what I mean? He's going to end, end up being taken out, you know, en route to the hospital or something like that. So man, I don't, I don't want to see a family, Rios. man. And Brandon Rios yeah. is a legitimately nice guy. He's a fucking good 
friendly guy, man. Yeah, and he's funny heard. as fuck too. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I, I'm a, I'm a fan. Even though these guys, like it's, we were going back to earlier, uh, you know, uh, they're not the highest. You know, they're not the most skilled guys. Far, far from it. But I love guys like Alfredo Angulo and Brandon Rios because they're coming to fight. They want to hurt you, and they're gonna they're gonna mm-hmm. take punches to land punches. That's fun to watch. You know, somebody who loves the blood and the guts aspect of the sport. I love those kinds of guys. But there is a there comes a point in any guy's career where you just say, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm looking at Brandon now and I'm thinking, God, just fucking retire. You know, if I'm Robert Garcia and Brandon calls me after training, sorry, dude, you know, I can't do that. I, I won't be a part of this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that everyone involved with Brandon, you know, if they can't convince him to listen, you know, kind of goes the tough love route and says, well, you do what you want, but we're, we're going to stand over here and we're not going to be a part of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Brandon Rios almost died in the Tim or the training for the Tim Bradley fight. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tragedy waiting to happen. I I I agree. I don't like this. And did you see, did you watch that reap the replay? the slow-motion replay of the knockout, how bad Rios oh, looked when he actually yeah. was unconscious. His eyes rolled up, his neck collapsed, and he just fucking mm-hmm. you know, hit the canvas. And that looked really And then here's another, th- here's another scary thing. He got up and was willing to continue. Imagine what would have happened if you had a shitty ref that didn't stop the fight. or Because, like, honestly, Brandon Rios' corner or, was or, also waving the fight off. Yeah, no, right. his corner was waving the fight off. But, like, we we couldn't see this, but like let's assume they didn't wave it off. Let's assume that the referee wasn't going to stop the fight. What would have happened there? Right. No, I agree. And, and let's let's imagine for a second. Let's run with that for just a moment. Imagine instead mm-hmm. of Danny Garcia, that that was that was actually Victor Ortiz who hits a hell of a lot harder than Danny Garcia. Why? Well, I, mean, well, mm-hmm. I mean that that would have been like you said a tragedy waiting to happen. That could have been you know big big trouble for Rios. Uh, so. You know, as much as I'd like to see him, or I, I don't want to say I really don't want to see him again, just because you know, for fear of his his health or his life. But outside of wanting to see him or thinking of a match with Victor Ortiz is, is would be an exciting fight. Like, I hope he just steps away. I hope he's smart enough, and his or his family and his his team is persuasive enough to say, hey, you know what? No more, dude. You know, you did your thing. You were you were okay. You won a title. You made some money, you know, now it's time to move on. You know, the guy's only 31 years old, you know what I mean? And uh-huh. it's just, I just, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I'm hoping that he just kind of dis- quietly disappears or announces retirement. Either way, I'd be happy. But uh, let me ask you, Victor, what do you, what do you think of, uh, where do you think Danny Garcia goes next? Do you think he's going to get Hopefully. Thurman in the fall? Probably not. Hopefully he fight. He doesn't deserve Thurman in the fall. Hopefully he fights Sean Porter or yeah. But this is this is the PBC something. and this is Thurman we're talking yeah. about. I I think yeah, Danny Garcia will serve because Keith Thurman said in an interview during either before or or during the fight he said I'm not going to fight a top five welterweight in my return fight mm-hmm. again. The, the, you know the the ever the never ending tune up line of tune up fights these PBC guys take. Um, but you know he's talking like. And we know it won't be Spence, but he'll fight a more credible, you know, quote unquote, credible opponent in the fall, you know, for his second fight in the year. Uh, and I, for some reason, I just see that being Danny Garcia. 
I don't I don't think I mean that's possible. Because, he did mention that depending on how these guys look, he's going to fight either um Danny Garcia or he also mentioned Porter, I think, or for some fucking reason, which is I, weird. I, I was surprised even though, wanted that. I know right. And I know you you and I disagree on who we thought won the the, the Thurman Porter fight, but I don't think I don't think I will fight uh, you to the death on that. Yeah, I don't. I but I don't think I don't think just because of his 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 you know that rough and tough kind of wrestling style that Porter implements or utilizes in the ring. I don't think Thurman wants any of that again. That's a that's a I won't say dangerous, but that's an exhausting fight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So okay, hang on. We've got a caller. Let me patch them in. Eight one eight, you're live with Scott and Victor. What can we do for you? Yeah, hi, uh, Split. Vic, how you, yeah, how you guys doing? Good. How are you, man? What's up, man? I'm good. Uh, yeah, I'm just listening to the the podcast, and I, you know, you you kind of went off on a rant about the Beltran fight. Uh, was it Friday uh-huh. night? Uh-huh. And yeah, I, I I saw your tweet <laughs> about. I mean, I, I know you kind of tweet sort of these these like. So, so you you go off on rants and then you tweet kind of I would say sort of controversial tweets, um, but I, I I just didn't like what you said about the fight and I mean I know you explained yourself, but uh-huh. I thought that was kind of low kind of like low what you said about Bill Why, Chan and you, you, why is it low? It's an it's an honest criticism of the fighter. No, I, I understand, but uh, I mean you're a reporter and. I, I've listened to you before when you're on BDA's podcast, and it uh-huh. was a, it, it was it was a, a show that you one of the one of the earlier shows that you did, and you said I remember you saying yeah anytime boxing is on, I'll, I'm watching it, and then and then you go on and and you tweet something like this. I, I thought it was kind of disrespectful, especially the situation he Voltron was in, and oh. like the just how 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 meaningful that fight was for him and. Yeah, I just didn't like that. I thought it was kind of, kind of, uh, well, kind of a stupid tweet. I think. Well, uh, you're certainly entitled to your opinion, man. I won't take that away from you, but you know, like I told uh, another one of my listeners and followers, I mean, I run the show here at Split D. If I if I want to cover a fight, I cover it. If I don't, if I don't have any interest in it, I don't cover it. You know, not all not all fighters and fights deserve our respect or you know our attention. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I like Ray. Ray's an okay guy, and he's an okay fighter. But it, it, you know, his competition last night, it, it, the fight doesn't mean a whole lot to me. And I know it. I know that it was basically a showcase for Ray, so that uh, either Bob Arum, you know, or his team can sell him as, a, as an opponent for Lomachenko in the fall. And that that's not an attractive matchup or or you know career path for me. I don't, you know, that's not something that I want to see. So. You know, as much as I love the sport, and you know, I usually watch it when it's on nine times out of ten. Sometimes there's there's other things that I'd rather do with my time. You know what I mean? I'm not going to ever miss a, you know, a, a Golovkin fight. A, you know, you know something of that nature. But you know, right. Ray Beltran is a, is a Friday night fight level kind of guy. You know, and and as much as I miss that that series on Fridays, like I didn't always tune in live to Friday night fights. Just because it was always like the second or, or or tier, you know, level of the sport. It's not a slight against Ray that you know right. that or, or Beltran that I was 
you know, in my tweet, I wasn't trying to slight the guy or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's just one of those fights that I didn't have a lot of interest in. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I understand. I mean, uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't watch all the fights too. You know, there's there are fights that that uh, I don't watch just because uh, they're mismatches, kind of like the PBC card last night. But sure, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I, I guess, I guess I was just just kind of offended by the tweet more than anything. Just, I thought it was just unnecessary. That, that's that's all I was saying. Uh, oh, uh, like, uh huh. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Go ahead. Um, you were gonna say no. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna no, jump I, on I, another I, topic. I, oh, it, oh, it's okay. We can move on. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I was also gonna say that you. I, I follow you on Twitter. I mean, I, I I follow a lot of like you know a lot of boxing reporters, and and you're one mm-hmm. of them. Uh, but another thing I was gonna say is your predictions are kind of like they're kind of off a lot of the times. And I just want to know what you base your predictions on, because I know you said you, you said Lemieux was going to knock out Saunders in like four or five rounds or something. And I was like, is is this guy trolling or is he serious? Because I, I, I don't think I never thought much of Lemieux as much as, as much as other people do. Um, and that 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 prediction that you made it, it it was kind of i mean for lack of a better word it's kind of ridiculous and then i think i i also heard you on the same podcast that i was referring to earlier about the about you watching the fights you said that thurman loses to spence and he gets knocked out in six rounds and i was oh, like well, absolutely i mean what what makes you say that uh, well, Thurman is clearly not what he's being, you know, we're being told he is. Uh, if you watch him, you know, I mean, I've been watching boxing for 33 years. I know what I'm seeing, but I think you said my, you know, some of my predictions were ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous to think that anybody can be Nostradamus when picking boxing. I mean, there's so many variables, dude. Except for me. When you go to, when you go to pick a fight. <laughs> yeah, except for Victor. Victor's got that inside kind of eye because he's boxed, but I mean, uh, but I'm sure Victor, you like everyone else, you know, you, you see something and sometimes you're a prisoner of the moment. Like with Lemieux, you know, I was thinking yeah, I of Lemieux. Upside. I was joking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's patently absurd to think, you know, I mean, you, you can hate my predictions or think I'm a horrible reporter or a terrible writer. I, it's no sweat off my back, dude. Like it doesn't bother me one bit, but like, to call it ridiculous or like to say, I don't know what I'm watching. Like, I think that's just patently absurd. It's, it's, it's way out in left field. Um, I get picks wrong and right all the time. Um, some fights are easy to pick. Some are really difficult to pick. Uh, like, like Victor and I were just talking about Danny Garcia versus Brandon Rios. That one was really easy to pick. Um, Brandon oh, Rios. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Brandon Rios has been washed for five years and, you know, Danny Garcia is the fresher and, and clearly more talented fighter. Um, now, like going back to the Klitschko-Joshua fight uh, last year, that one was really tough to pick. I flip-flopped on that one a lot of times or several times because I thought, well, Klitschko looked terrible against Fury. How much of that was Fury? How much of that was age? You know, Klitschko's age. And I thought, well, how good is Joshua really? What You know, we don't really know too much about him. He's never really been in there with someone like Klitschko. So, and same thing with Canelo and Golovkin, uh, you know, the rematch, 
it's tough for me to pick. I'm, you know, early pick, I'm going with Canelo, but, you know, that may change when I sit down and look at things a little bit more. Uh, but to answer your question, caller, the, the criteria I use for picking a, a winner in a fight, mm-hmm. um, the main things uh, I use are, are basically I look at their quality of competition, uh, their recent fight history. Um, I kind of take in, or I, not kind of, I really take into account their lifestyle in and out of the ring, you know, their reputation. You know, some guys like Adrian Broner, you know, they're, you know that they're not going to, they don't take care of themselves, you know, when they're not fighting or not in training. Um, so that's all, it always makes it kind of easy to pick against those guys. Um, I look at, you know, their knockout percentage. I look at, I look at their age. I, I mean, there's a, any number of things. Am I missing anything, Victor? <laughs> there's so many things to look at. Well, you can, I mean, what about their, their style? I mean, the way they fight. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, styles, you know, they say styles makes fights and I always say that's true, but skills win fights, you know, when you, when you lose your fights. Um, now with the Lemieux fight, uh, Lemieux Saunders, everything I, I made, I picked Lemieux not so much because of what Lemieux had done in the past, but more so because of what Saunders either had done or hadn't done and, and the way he had looked, especially, especially against guys like Akavov and, you know, he did, he wasn't taking care of himself in between fights and was blowing up and, you know, not doing what a professional fighter should do when they're not being active. So the, you know, when I looked at all those things, I thought, well, David Lemieux's got heavy hands, you know, he's faced Golovkin, even though he didn't, you know, win or do very well. I, I thought you know, that I don't he, say like that. That doesn't help him at all. That Golovkin performance did not do yeah, you any favor. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it was the 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 Lemieux Saunders pick was actually not easy for me to pick. I thought I, I underestimated Saunders and I overestimated Lemieux, and that happens. It happens to everybody. But it was one of those one of those fights like Joshua Klitschko where I thought. Well, there's very, there's so many variables on both sides, and it was like one of those weight scales, you know, you see in court, you know, right. or on the judge's yeah. podium, and it was like, okay, well, eh, it's going to the left, it's going to the right, I don't know what, you know, I don't, it was tough, and then I eventually settled on, on Lemieux just because I thought, well, uh, I thought he had been tested or been a little, maybe a little bit more proven than than Saunders has, and it turned out I was wrong, you know what I mean? Um, but I got it, I got it right with the Golovkin Canelo fight. I thought that. I thought, well, partially, right? I thought Golovkin would stop him late, um, but that was before I knew or had recognized that Golovkin was, you know, in Dude, physical decline. When you just said that, I thought you meant you got the actual decision. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 shit, if I had that kind of insight, dude, I'd be a rich, rich man. <laughs> but, yeah, no, but, I mean. But going yeah. going, going uh-huh. back to the, the Thurman-Spence fight, I mean, you say you say one of your criteria is is who they fought, who, who they like their resume and whatnot. Like sure. I I don't believe Spence has fought anybody uh, sort of worth mentioning. I mean, that his last fight versus Peterson. I mean, it took him how many rounds? Eight rounds? Nine rounds to put him away? And this guy was also throwing have any, to remember any punches. Peterson was like the first Evanescian. Right. No. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and, Peterson and I... just. He's basically a heavy bag, just coming in with his, yeah. his hands up, just getting getting beat up, and really didn't land anything. The Brook fight, I thought 
I thought Spence bought a a, a washed out sort of damaged goods Brooks that had no business in the ring at 147 anymore. He was weight drained, I think. And I yep, think you're those, right there. Those, those are you're exactly right on that one. Biggest wins, and I I I think Keith has a better resume. Uh, I don't I don't like the fact that people say you can't take a body shot because that. That body shot that Colazzo landed that everybody talks about all the time they bring up, that was a well-timed, well-placed body shot, I think. And I think anybody would have gotten hurt by that shot. And yeah, you yeah, have to remember, though, mm-hmm. Keith Thurman had to run from Sean Porter when he started landing to the body at one point. So it's not like he has the toughest body out there. And Spence is a devastating body puncher. So that is one thing to take into consideration there. Yeah, yeah that's true, but... I Thurman Thurman I Thurman will I think he moves he moves pretty well around the ring and I think Spence he does that's the factor in that fight to me yeah because yeah, Spence so needs to I set think, up his shit I mean in my opinion I, I don't think Keith Thurman gets knocked out but I do favor Spence in that fight anyway but not by knockout sure. I think it goes a uh, decision Okay. We really don't know how well Spence can take a punch, honestly. Like, the toughest guy he went against was Brooklyn. Like you said, weight train, that diminishes your power a whole lot. So right. Spence could be packing glass for all we know. <laughs> That's true. I, and I think I heard I heard there's, like, rumors out there that I think Spence has been knocked out or something like that in sparring. I don't know where I heard that. Yeah, I've heard that rumor. We've there. heard the rumor of just him getting – is just looking badly in some fight that there's not really that much footage of where he got caught by some guy that's not really a puncher and was just out on his feet for a while. He turned on him on the fight, obviously, but right. that's a pretty bad sign right there. Yeah, no, yeah. That's when we when you hear those tales of guys getting knocked out in sparring, there's usually there's usually something to it from from what I've seen. Um I, going way back and back to Mike Tyson again, I remember when he got knocked out in sparring and the video of it ended up on the news. Uh, and this was, God, I don't remember what fight it was before. It may have been before the Douglas fight, but like that's when everyone started to recognize that like he wasn't, he wasn't behaving like a fighter. You know what I mean? He was distracted by everything else going on and he had a drug problem and all that other shit that was happening. But uh, yeah, I don't know with Spence's Spence. That's the thing with, with, that makes a lot of fights tough to predict nowadays because we're in that age of uh, the the prospect champion where these guys are largely untested. They're really hyped a lot, and then they grab they grab the easiest title that they can get, and then they start calling themselves champion, and they're promoted that way. Um, and then they you know without ever having having really earned their stripes, so to speak. Um, champions I would go, that are still developing in the sport. Yeah, yeah, and and, and to be fair to to to. To the caller and everyone else that you know that disagrees with my my Thurman Spence pick, um, I mean that's fair. It, it's both guys are largely untested, um, and I don't know that they ever will be tested given the nature of you know the PBC and, and just kind of the the way the sports fractured right now. Um, yeah, I, I I mean, but th- th- that's the, that's what it's going to get to. The other thing that I use in judging fights or or making predictions is the eye test. Uh, Famously, you know, famously quoted or said by Larry Merchant, um, you know, you know what, if you've watched boxing long enough, you know what you're seeing. You know, you know when you've got a, when the fighter you've hey, got, you're on TV as a turd, true, though, you know man. when he's great. 
Oh, I, I think it is. Right. I've seen a lot of guys that watch boxing a lot and don't know what the fuck they are looking at. That shit is weird. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 mean, I agree with you. Split. I think uh, I think what you said earlier on the call about Keith, I don't think, I don't think he's he's what a lot of people say he is. I I mean that's why I I favor right. Spence over him. But yeah, and I agree. Be, I think. Hmm? Uh, I was gonna say to be fair, I would say we don't know a lot about Spence either. You know, I mean, both guys are just they're very carefully maneuvered and given the right opponents and you know on the right stage at the right time. It's not a this isn't you know this isn't Canelo Golovkin where two guys are meeting you know at the height of their powers or just slightly past that point you know and we're getting something special it's or or you know if they're, 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 those two guys Canelo and Golovkin are proven commodities we know what they are they're old enough they've been around and we've seen them enough to know hey this is what this guy does this is what this guy does or or this is his weak point and that that that's that guy's weak point with with Spence as well as Thurman and and you know many other guys especially in the PVC it's it's a question of well can he take a punch can he can he move like that against this guy? You know, can he knock that? Will that power hold up when he faces, you know, more legitimate competition? You know, it's it's. This is one of the weirdest eras that I've I've ever, like, experienced in, in the sport. You know, in my in my in my my fandom, my thirty three, thirty four years as a fan. You know, or an observer, and now a, now a writer. You know, and I cover it. It's just it's it's strange. We have these guys we were just that talking you about know that last night. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Victor. It's 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 a little bit. It makes me a little bit sad. So if I sound like I am, it's because I am. It's we have these we have these great talents in the sport that can't really like Golovkin was a good example. I hate to go, always go back to him, but he was a great example. A lot of the guys he wanted to fight either wouldn't fight him because of the way the sport is now, and he's a danger. So it would be like that in any area in any era of the sport, but now it's, it's egregious. And a lot of the guys, you know, are, are with the wrong promoter or with the wrong network, or, you know, there's, there's some kind of beef between the fighters or their camps, or, or there's a problem with location. And all these things like prevent these, these fighters, these prospect champions from actually proving themselves and, and building a legitimate resume. I mean, like, like Brooke, I think Brooke is probably Spence's best win or most credible opponent. But like the caller said, like the caller said, and this, which is very fair, yeah. you know, by the time Spence oh, by the way, Brooke, you know, he was damaged. Uh-huh. What is your name so we can stop referring to you as caller? It seems uh, <laughs> oh, I call my you name caller. is Adrian. <laughs> Adrian, <laughs> right, man. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, it just, uh, it, it just, it's kind of a sad era. I mean, we get some great fights here and there, and, you know, there's the, these tournaments are certainly exciting. We've, we've gushed over those countless times, and I'm sure we will in the future as well, but, you know, right. I think right now in this in this day and age, making picks on fights is more difficult than it ever has been for me. Um, except for except for the you know the glaring mismatches that we get so often. Um, right. Yeah. It, it's tough because we don't know a lot about these fighters. You know, I can use the eye test. I can look at box rec. I can look at their resumes. I can go watch their last fight on my DVR or on YouTube. I can talk to Victor or, or you, Adrian, or anyone on Twitter. I can talk to guys like Mike Montero and Steve Kim, who are way more knowledgeable than I will probably ever be about the sport. Um, or it, it, or you could uh, just pick the opposite of what Bernard Hopkins says. 
<laughs> that's true. That's true. Or or the opposite of whatever you know, whatever loudmouth trainer is giving us prediction, because that that usually turns out to be stupid too. But yeah, it's just it's hard, man. You know. And then in this era too, Adrian, it's it's I, I I get I get I don't I still don't agree with with you saying my tweet was disrespectful, but I understand where you're coming from with that sentiment. But guys, and, and I like Ray Beltran. He's he's a, well. It's a good. Honestly, you did. You did come sideways at him like that. You could have just not watched the fight and not mentioned that you weren't going to watch the fight. Yeah. I can see how a lot of people see the disrespect yeah, for the Ray Bell Trenton. You know what? You know what? Whether I'm a boxing writer, or I'm just a fan, or whatever you want to call me, like I'm, I'm not under any obligation. If you want respect, you earn it. You know, and Ray, Ray's earned a good deal of respect for me. But until he steps in, until he's, you know in with somebody that means something and the fight's going somewhere and it's not, you know, I mean, Ray Beltran's going to get blown out by Lomachenko if that happens. I mean, that is the most ridiculous fight. One of the most ridiculous fights I've heard mentioned, you know, for the, for the, for 2018. So that, it bothers a me a lot that they're pushing for yeah, that. It, and you and, know, and they're going to sell it as like a great fight too. It's not going to be like just a tune up for Lomachenko or anything like that because he doesn't even really need a tune up. It's not going to be like something right. where he's just adjusting to 135. It's going to be, this is Lomachenko versus the champion Ray Beltran in his qu-. Like, come right. on, fuck out of here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're going to say it just like I tweeted, the late surging Ray Beltran, you know, former exactly. sparring par- partner of Manny, the great Manny Pacquiao, blah, 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 blah. It's going to, and then it's going to be a knockout in, in just a few rounds or he'll quit again. You know, like the other guys have done, but it's you know I'm not one to quit. You know, if if I worked for Ring Magazine, if I wrote for them, or some other like publication, or this show wasn't actually funded by me and it was funded by some like major boxing business or publication, I wouldn't be able to say the things that I like to say. And I do this show, and I'm speaking not only to Adrian but to anyone listening. And I know you already know Victor, but I'm not the kind of there's a lot of voices in the sport right now, like a Mike Coppinger. That guy is the worst fucking reporter. One of the worst reporters out there. He fucking sucks at his job. He's a shill. He doesn't know or understand the sport half as well as most of us do. Um, and he, you know, he's a parrot. He says whatever he's told to say and doesn't say whatever he's told not to say. I don't, and that's why I do this show. I'm like, I'm a nobody, and I'll probably always be a nobody in the sport, and that's okay. I don't do it. I don't do it for glory or for money or anything else i do it because i love the sport and i like talking boxing with with other boxing fans you know it's something that brings me a lot of joy so but i'm not the kind of person in any walk in any aspect of my life um to not call a spade a spade if somebody sucks i'm gonna i'm gonna say they suck you know if 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 they want to take it to disrespect or my my listeners or readers want to take it to disrespect that's okay, you know. You're free to you're free to keep following me. You're free to unfollow me or to say, hey, your show fucking sucks. I don't care. Like I, you know, the show's gonna roll on. You know, long after those comments are made. It, it, the stuff. I, I mean, I'm an old guy. The shit just rolls off my back. I don't have any of that that pride that I had. And, and I don't mean a slight to you, Victor, because you're a young guy. But I I don't have that you know that that youthful pride where I have to prove myself or. I don't feel the need to please anybody. I just don't care. You know, I do this for me. You know, um, I, I, I get, like I said, Adrian, I get where you're coming from with, with feeling that was disrespectful to Beltran. Um, it wasn't meant to be outright disrespect. Like, Hey, Beltran, 
fuck off, you're terrible. It was you know, it wasn't anything like that. It was I don't have any interest in this. I'd rather go I'd rather spend my time at the gym getting healthy and having fun with my gym friends or my buddies over there. You know, I can always come back and watch YouTube or fire up the D V R and, and watch the fight later or, you know, like I did today, I watched highlights on, on YouTube. You know, and it turned out unfortunately for me, it turned out to be one of those fights that I was completely wrong about because it turned out to be really good, you know, or exciting. Yeah, and the highlights don't even do it justice. But right, you said, right. I mean, you said you, you don't care what people think, but then you, you, you were saying earlier, other uh, guy that, that called you out on it, I think on Twitter or something, you said you, he was no longer welcome on your show just because he, he shared his opinion. Oh, no, 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 and just, just to clarify, Adrian, it wasn't because he shared his opinion, I'm a, like I said, you can tell me right now before the show ends or before you hang up that I'm a dick and my show is terrible and Victor's terrible and all of my opinions, I don't, you know, are awful and I don't know what I'm doing hey, talking about. Hey, hey, hold on. No, well, no, no, I'm not I didn't there. mean to throw you under <laughs> the bus. Let me take it back. I didn't, I didn't mean to throw Victor under the bus. And I'm just, I'm just making a general example here. But what, what I won't tolerate is bullshit. Now, this person gave me fucking attitude. It wasn't just coming at me with an opinion. Like, if you want to say, hey, you know, it wasn't just you disrespected Beltran, which I think is patently absurd. It was this person has done things like kind of like that to me in the past, and I've let it go because I don't want to – I'm not out to be a dick. I'm not out to piss anybody off outright unless you start shit. Then I'll come at you full, right. like full blast. But – it, it it was one of those things where this person, the, the it was it was all attitude. It was just the way that this was approached. If this person would have said, like you've done, Adrian, you've been very respectful. You've you've stated your opinion and said, hey, you're you know that tweet sucked. I didn't like it. It seemed disrespectful. You know what? I don't have to like that opinion. I don't have to agree with it. But we're having like civil discourse here between two adults. Right. You know, Fifteen minutes. And we share. Yeah, and we share we share a very common interest in the sport, which is why you know you're still on the line and we're having a nice time talking. It's not, you know, this person. There was some animus there. There was, there was another incident where he tried to start shit or keep shit going between me and another uh, another person in the boxing media, and it wasn't just mm-hmm. hey, this person said something about you. It came off like a sixth grade playground conversation where hey, this person said blah 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 about your dad. You better. You know, I'd go over there and slug him, and it, it felt like that, and it wasn't the first incident, mm-hmm. so I just said, hey, fuck off. You're no longer welcome to, you know, call into the show. And I didn't even tell him to fuck off. I just said, you're no longer welcome to do so. I don't, I'm old. I don't have time for that shit. Right. I don't, I won't suffer fools. I won't suffer assholes. If you want to come on here and, like I said, again, and tell me everything I say is horrible or wrong or, I'm, you know, my, my, my opinions or, or predictions are uneducated or whatever it is. You can say anything negative about me you want, and I'll let you on here week after week to say it. You know, but when you get somebody like my, that, uh, do you know who Milo Place is, Adrian? Yeah, I know exactly yeah. who that guy is. Yeah, somebody like that. He's yeah. entertaining to a degree, and so was this other person. This other person that I had a beef with or had a problem with uh, was very is very knowledgeable about the sport, and I respected all of the the opinions. I get that, along with both of them. <laughs> Yeah, and he seems like an okay guy, but I don't have time for that shit, man. It's just, you know what I mean? Victor and I disagree right. on 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 the the outcome of the Porter Thurman fight, but he and I don't argue about it. And I don't I don't say things. I can say, well, you know, I, I can tell Victor, well, that I don't agree, but we don't make slights. And this person was making it wasn't just hey giving me opinion. It was 
he was sliding me, and he was a shit starter. So th- just just so you know, and anyone else that might be listening knows, that's what went down earlier this week. I just I won't I won't have that anywhere near this or or, or on my website or the network. So it's you know, and like I told him, I'll tell you guys again. And for anyone that may not have heard it, you know, I run the show here. You know what I mean? I don't. Ha- I'm the boss. I don't have anyone over me going, "Well, you're a, you're a, you're a journalist. You're a writer. You you're a podcaster. You need to cover every single fight. You can't say this about fighter A, fighter B, blah 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 blah." I say whatever I want, and that's the point of this show. The, the sports full full of people like Mike Coppinger and and guys like that, guys of that ilk, you know, that are gonna right. Do what they're told to do, and I don't have any respect for that. In in fact, it's one of my pet peeves, like in life. I've never been somebody who wanted to conform or play by the rules or or do what they're told just because they're told to do it, even if a paycheck's involved. And it's one of the reasons that I like. And I know they're not as outspoken or as as boisterous as I am, but th- that's the same reason I like. I, I'm so I admire guys like Mike Montero. Um, Steve Kim, and especially like the guys over at the Tale of the Tape uh, boxing podcast, Vinny, uh, Vinny, uh, Vince Cummings, and and, and uh, Kenny Keith Jr. Because I mean, they're they're much 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 better than than Victor and I am at, at this gig, you know. And Victor and I will get there at, at eventually with practice and time. But uh, you know, those guys especially, they let it fly, man. They open their mouth and they say what's on their mind, you know. And it's 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 one of those things. Yeah, where sometimes I think it's uh like Kim does that a little too much. I think sometimes he tweets out kind of ridiculous things. I think yesterday he tweeted something about Jeff Horn beating Danny Garcia. And what? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't. Sometimes like this guy gets carried away with his. Uh, I don't know if he does it just for retweets or likes, but right, he kind of he kind of goes over the top with his tweets sometimes and. Um, I mean, I still, I still follow him. I mean, I, I respect his opinions and all, but you know, there's just yeah. like little things like that that, that you know, kind of, it kind of put me off a little bit. But no, I, and I, I understand. Most, most people are not like me. They're more like you, which is fine. We're, you know, we're all right. different people with, with different, you know, opinions and likes and dislikes and temperaments and dispositions and whatnot. Um, so I don't have any problem with you, Adrian, or, or you know, the, the nature of your call or or your opinions whatsoever. Victor and I disagree on a lot of things in boxing, and, you know, I should, I disagree with a lot of things, you know, with my wife, you know. It, it, right. It's just the way life is, and people are. But, you know, I, I, I just, I grew up, and especially around the time I got into boxing, was those, those early years, you know, at, you know, 12, 13, where that adult switch kind of flips on, and you start thinking differently, and you start noticing how the world really works, and I never... Uh, I don't know if you guys know who George Carlin was, um, yeah, or who Howard, yeah, who Howard Stern is. Those guys are two of my heroes. Yeah. Like you know, and th- those guys, especially Carlin, you know, it didn't matter who was offended, didn't matter who they pissed off. You know, it, that's you know what what it's about. You know what I mean? It's it's more about yeah. honest discourse. Like I prefer calls like you, uh, or callers like you, Adrian, with with contradictory opinions, and I love it. I I've told Victor before when uh, you know. Prior to the the uh, Gossev and Dordicos match, and, and I think the Eubank and and uh, uh, Groves fight, when he said off the air, "Oh man, I disagree with your pick," I couldn't wait. I can't wait to have debate or you know friendly argument on the air because that's much more entertaining. And I was right about both of those. 
Yeah, yes, you were. Yes, you were. But it's it's one of those things where it's it's much more entertaining to listen to people who don't agree on on something than it is to listen to two guys toot their own horn and yeah, yeah, you were right. Yeah, you were right too. Yeah, we know what we're talking about. It's it. You know what I mean? It's it. I would much rather have that on this show and any show I listen to or or any anyone that I admire. You know, it it makes for much much better radio. Um, you know, or, or, or podcasting, you know, inter slash entertainment. But yeah, man, you know, to go back to your, to go back to your, the reason you called Adrian, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot, so many criteria that I think we all use when, when picking a fight, you know, I, I'm probably, I'm probably 35, 65, maybe 60, 40 or 40, 60 on, on getting the picks right. Um, I'm not going to claim to be, you know, I'm not Harold Letterman. I'm not Larry Merchant. I'm not any of those legendary guys. I'm not Burt Sugar. You know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I've never boxed. I'm not Victor Atkinson. I've never boxed. So I don't have that, that, you know, 60 years experience or that, that experience in ring or in the gym. But all I can, all I do when I make my picks is use the information that I have in front of me. I listen to a lot of bigger media guys than myself. Um, I ask them questions on and off the record. I get information, and then and then I sit down and I critically examine both guys. and And sometimes there's bias involved. Like I, I, if you follow if you follow me on Twitter for more than you know a couple of days or listen to the show, you you probably know I'm a I'm a huge fan and I, of punchers and I favor punchers um, most yeah. most of the time. Um, it, it's just it's just something my brain sees. You know, power, my brain sees punchers, my brain sees activity and goes, this guy's the goods. Even when I, you know, there's a part of my brain that goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, he can be outboxed. Now he's going to catch him. That's the way my brain works. Even though I know, I'm experienced enough and old enough to know that's the case. But it's, that bias has always been there and it probably always will be. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it, there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of things to, to consider when you pick a fight. But I don't, I don't necessarily outright like, I won't attack a fighter or anyone on my timeline and put him down just for the sake of being an asshole. Like, because I try not to be an asshole. The only time I, the, the only time like that guy comes out is when, when somebody wants to give me shit for something like that's totally erroneous or that I haven't done, or is just, you know, being a shithead, you know, just to be, just for right. the sake of, of being that way, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty chill guy, you know, it's so, yeah, I, you know, I, I wasn't attacking Beltran. I my my complaint with that fight, and 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 the fight that he may have with Lomachenko later this year, has more to do with the promoters and the networks than the fighters the fighters involved. Um, uh, Lomachenko and Bel, especially Beltran, that's a big payday for him. That's like the biggest stage he's ever going to be on. You know what I mean? And so yeah. It's it's yeah. I think that's my, a mismatch. I don't think that fight makes oh, sense yeah. whatsoever. Oh, ab- absolutely, man. But my my frustration. I think a fight between him and Lenares would probably make more sense. And then, uh, yep. if, they, if the Lenares Lomachenko fight can't get made this May, which it looks like it won't, I mean Lenares can probably take that belt from Beltran, and then maybe sure. Lomachenko can fight for it after. I think I think that's the plan, from what I've been told. I think down the road that those two are going to meet at some point. Um, and that, I, I think Lomachenko wins that pretty handily, but it's still, at least it's, right. you know, it's, I mean, when you look at the names, Beltran and Lenars, who's the, you know, Lenars is much more accomplished and has the much more recognizable name. So like I said, my frustrations don't necessarily, sometimes it is 
Sometimes they are, but most of the time, my frustrations aren't with the fighters or the boxers. It's with the promoters. It's with the networks. It's with media people like Mike Coppinger and other idiots like that that, you know, will pump Ray Beltran to to be something that he's not. It's it's one of those things that over over time, as I you know, I've, as I continue to watch boxing, as I get older, I become less tolerant of. It's like you know, let let's just call it what it is. You know, and this is the tune-up. Right. This is a showcase. This is a this is a yeah. commercial for. The fight. What's up, Victor? Got five minutes left, man. Oh, I know. Not I got I got the clock up right in front of me. But no, I just uh, I okay. wanted to clear the air. I wanted them to make that perfectly clear for for Adrian and anyone else that might be listening or following me online. Um, you're gonna see that kind of stuff. I I'm not somebody that tolerates bullshit, and I'm all you know what I mean. That's one of the reasons I wanted to yeah. get on the air and and do the show was to say, hey, this as much as I love boxing. Parts of it are fucking garbage and completely and utterly unnecessary and in, insanely frustrating to me. Um, and they've, they, they become more so the older I get, and, you know, the more I see these things happen or the things that should happen shouldn't happen. So that's where I yeah, was going with, with the build. The, the Brandon Rios Garcia fight last night was an example of that. I mean, I had, yep. um, Rios had no business in yep. the ring with, that, with Garcia. And yep. it was his last fight was with, against Bradley, I think. No, his last fight oh, yeah. was against uh, Herrera. See, I thought it was, oh, right. I thought it was Bradley too. Yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, there's just the, the the brain damage was so evident. Exactly, and that's what we were he, talking about, he had, man. He had no business in that ring with a puncher like Danny Garcia. <laughs> no, I agree. It, 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 you know, it, unfortunately, that's just the kind of the fights that we get. Not only from the PBC, but from a lot of other promoters and networks. Now, it's a lot. Of, most of most of boxing is a showcase. It's. I wrote an article what a week or two ago, and uh, it was about how great the the World Boxing Super Series tournament has been, and how you know all the good things it does for boxing and for fans. You know, and, right. and it really it really shines the light on all of the negative things or the ass backwards things that these other promoters and networks are doing or have been doing for a long time. But uh, yeah, I, you know, it's yeah, a, it's uh, unfortunate. Another thing uh-huh. that I wanted to talk about was the the reporters on like these YouTube media reporters that I I can't stand. Dude, the the fight journal they is ask. the only one that I like. And it's not even like <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like, get to do that many interviews or anything like that. But man, they're fucking retarded. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. stupid. I was with a lot of those guys. To, uh, Angel Garcia yesterday after the fight. And th- this guy on YouTube, he, uh, I think it's a Fight Hub channel. This guy just does not know what to, like, questions to ask. He tells, he's telling Angel Garcia how Porter kind of called him out, you know, after the fight and all. He got inside the ring. And then Angel Garcia tells him, yeah, the money's got to be right. And I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, w- why isn't this guy just telling him, hey, what about the the mandatory status position that the, both of these guys are in, you know, the WBC. Right. I'm like, doesn't that take precedence over, you know, the money's got to be right kind of, you know, it's <laughs> like, what is, what are these guys thinking? Like, why, why aren't they not, not like asking them questions like these? Like, right. I, I just, it, it, it's infuriating to me. Oh, absolutely. I'm right with you there. And I'm sure Victor is too. Um, let's do this. Uh, I've got to wrap up the show, Adrian. It's going to cut me off in about 70 seconds. Um, it, you're always welcome to call in, whether you 
whether you want to criticize me or not. Uh, this was a good call, and, and it was it was nice talking to you. Um, was there anything you wanted to add before I, I let you go? Oh no, just uh, I mean, I thought I thought you're you're pretty fair on the show today, and uh, I mean I respect your opinions, and uh, yeah, Thank just you. thanks for having me on. Sure, you're welcome. Anytime, man. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks. All right, Victor, that's going to wrap up this show. As a quick, friendly reminder, uh, again, I I have to leave town next week for a funeral, so Victor and I will not be airing Episode 16 next Sunday. Uh, I'm going to do my best to try and get that episode in sometime during the week so that we can at least review Superfly. Um, So if you like what you heard today, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash splitdboxing. You can follow me on Twitter at at splitdboxing or Victor at at 757vic. Uh, you can visit the splitdboxing.com website. And if you're so inclined to do so, you can support us at patreon.com slash splitdboxing. So for uh, Victor Atkinson, this is Scott Jarvis saying thanks for listening. Who's going to bust your chops now? <laughs> Gets me every time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.